and we are back. Suburban Dad's back in the Suburban Dad studio after a long, oh boy, a long and uh, too long, I think our, our fans would say, a long <laughs> break. Um, we had every intention of recording a uh, holiday podcast for you guys, and I got sick. Chris got sick. Chris's son got sick. As my wife would say, something's going around. Yeah. And Chris Chris caught it. So we weren't able to make that happen, but we are back in the saddle again, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. So I think the last podcast we did was like two days before Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. Really? It's been a while. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. So... It's good to be back. There's a shitload to talk about. Um, so I thought I wanted to put a little bit of structure around how we're going to talk about the Browns because we haven't talked about them for like five weeks. And so uh, I thought we would start with how they finished the season. Then we talk about the firings and then we talk about moving forward. So how they finished the season. Um. I mean, I think the writing was on the wall the whole time. There was just they they were every week they were getting out coached by somebody else. Losing that game in Arizona was, I mean, come on, man! Like to Cliff Kingsbury, not just losing it, they got their asses kicked yeah, by um, a guy who would who would come up to your nipples, uh, and and I it was just it was unbelievable. And then the Baltimore. To me, the, the the entire season was summed up in the final two minutes of the first half of the Baltimore game, yeah. where they kicked the shit out of Baltimore for 28 minutes. They were dominating that game. And because of Freddie's mismanagement of the clock, of the game, of the play calls, of everything, they end up giving up two touchdowns to the Ravens before halftime. I think the Ravens got the ball back the first time with like a minute 58 left or something, something like that. Yeah. And and I mean, it was unbelievable. It was water going through a sieve, them scoring in that final two minutes. And it's like once that happened, you knew that the team the team had lost it. Right. The game was lost. And, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was disappointing. But you're right. There, there were just it wasn't just one game where they got out coached. There were a lot of times when Freddie just looked like he was a little bit over his head. And that's not to say he's not going to learn from this in five years or ten years to be a great head coach. He was just in over his head this year. He, he was not put in a position position to succeed. And the thing that was so interesting to me, or the the biggest question that I have is. Where the fuck did 2018 come from? That last eight games of 2018 with Williams as the interim head coach and and Freddie as, as the interim OC, Williams wouldn't have been involved in the offense. So it wasn't him because that offense, and use my favorite word, that offense in 2018 was competent. Yeah. They were able to get guys open. They were able to – they were playing chess. They were able to make one – they would call one play to set up another play five plays later. They And and this offense 
just look like I don't know, halfback dives and and uh, and fly routes. Like there was no and and based on some of the 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 scuttlebutt that's been out there, like that's what it has sounded like. Was and I heard like Munkin, Todd Munkin was was telling folk people that whatever they put in during the week didn't get used on Sundays. And why is that? Why did he say that was? I don't. I don't know. Good. Well, he wasn't calling the plays, like you know. So it just seemed like there was no real plan, other than like this was the 2019 Brown. The 2019 Browns was the best Browns offense I've seen to start games. Oh yeah, and that's the because drive, the first they twelve awesome. they were they amazing. Were they were Remember scripted. the first drive of the year against the Titans? Right, was unbelievable. Yeah. Everybody's sucking each other's dicks, thinking yeah. we're going to the uh-huh. Super Bowl. And You're right, Kite. but once they got out of that script, that ten or fifteen play script, they were they were they, they couldn't were do anything. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Munkin was putting together the first twelve plays or first fifteen plays, and then after that, Freddie would would grab yeah. the wheel. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But yeah. there's so many head scratching games where you're like, wait a second, you've got the leading rusher in the NFL, and you just gave him the ball five times in a half. Right. Right. All right. Yeah, I yeah, it was it was a disappointing and frustrating season. Yeah, that uh, disappointing and frustrating decade. <laughs> right. Before we we uh, pushed record, Chris was saying the Browns were the only team to end the 2010s without a winning season. Yeah. So it means they had ten seasons. None of them had a winning record. I, none of them were even 500. No. The no. best they did was would have been the 7-8-1. Seven, seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even have a 500 record. And what we were saying is in the NFL with the draft and the talent, you know, everybody's a professional. You've got a salary cap. You would think that at least once in a 10-year period you would have the Derek Anderson luck into a 10-6 and six record because of the way the schedule worked out and every week the other team's quarterback was hurt. And that's kind of what happened this year. I mean, they, they just – they were so bad. Yeah. They couldn't win those games against third and fourth string quarterbacks. Oh, God. Lost to a guy named Duck. And then I don't even remember the guy's name in Denver that they lost to. I mean, <laughs> I don't remember he's selling either. insurance right now, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, that Denver offense, you watch them play for five plays, and you're like, if, if the Browns lose this game, their season's over. And somehow, someway, they lost that fucking game. God. And then you had, a, I think, a 4,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard receivers, and a 1,500-yard rusher. And that offense struggled to put points on the board. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just glad OBJ got his 1,000 yards. I was very worried about him. Seems like he was very worried about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I did. I know. I think I texted you during you that game. And if God help any of you that were actually watching. I don't know why I was watching that game. But they, he immediately ran off the field, went over to the bench, and put a towel over his head. Now... I was kind of killing him for doing that. Now, what I heard was he put a towel over his head, and then he was puking his guts out. Because oh. like, apparently he had what you had. Oh. It was going around. So, um, but I did hear that, and that made me made me feel a little bit bad. But, um, but all right, so let's talk firings. So, got a special treat for everybody. How are your legs feeling? You stretched out. You feel limber. Yeah. Feel feel, feel up good. for for a victory lap. I do. Okay. So we'll do that. We'll do that now. 
Maybe. Damn it. That's some technology we've got. I here. know. This is see, We need to fire our producer. This is what happens. This is what happens when I'm in charge of the technology. Hey, filibuster for me a little bit. This thing silent night or something? <laughs> um No. Okay. So anyway. Did I kill enough time? No, not yet. No. Um So anyway, I mean I were you surprised of the Freddy firing? No. Sounded like no. he was for some reason. No, I, I if anything I'm surprised they waited as long as they did. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. You're not going to get that the ideal coach in week 15 anyway. I think it could have um, given them a jump start on some of the other teams looking for coaches. That's the only thing that I think it, it gets you. But but a lot of the guys that are the big higher candidates anyway are coordinators on teams in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, the only it might have gotten them a jump start on Urban Meyer if that's the direction they want to go, which I I don't know that it is. But other than that, I mean. Uh, <laughs> What is it? Aren't they interviewing like three people from the 49ers, somebody from yeah. the Bills, somebody from the Patriots? So, I mean, most of the people they're interested in anyway were in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. So, here we go. Wayback Machine Victory Lap. Freddie Kitchens. I did not. I am surprised. Now, I'm not quite. Clark Griswold couldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet. <laughs> surprised. But I'm still surprised that. He uh, he was the choice that they ended up with. I, I don't know that this is factual, but my gut feeling tells me they hired him because they were afraid to lose him. Yeah. And with what's going on in, in Los Angeles with the Rams and with, uh, what's his name, Sean? Um, McVay. Yeah, McVay. Everybody wants to get that next young genius. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was fear that if they didn't give him the coaching job, he'd go somewhere else. And then they wouldn't, in two years, maybe when he's ready to be a head coach, they wouldn't have him. The The thing that worries me is, if, and, and this, this is with any first-time coach, and I, I think we've talked about this before, play calling. Because there's so many other things that a head coach has to be responsible for. If he's calling plays, he's not worrying about the other little things. Yeah. Um, and I get it. A lot of coaches call plays. I just... There are there are guys who can do it. We've just never had one. Right. So for those of you that can't see it, Chris has his shirt off. He's waving the waving it around over Actually, his head. Actually, I don't. I, mean, I have a cigarette in my mouth because I hate my voice and I need to get my <laughs> voice deeper. So I'm actually smoking three cigarettes right now, trying to get a better radio voice. <laughs> so, so I mean. That's about as lukewarm and as negative as a Browns fan can get on a uh, on a coaching hire. I mean, because typically, you know, that's like that's our high point. And then, well, that in the draft, that in the draft, <laughs> in the draft. and then it's all downhill from there. And um, we were about as lukewarm on that as we could have could have been. Um, and you, rightfully so, from the beginning. Have been beating the drum on can he really call plays too and manage the rest of the game? And I think that the answer was no, he cannot. Um, <laughs> and and that's what I think that they need this time around. They need a leader. And even the Browns, when you they've even said that. Like when when guys have went around and said, "What do you guys need in the locker room?" Yeah. I, mean, I think Jarvis, Jarvis said, we said need it, a le- yeah. leader. There was somebody else who said we need a leader, and they do. They need they need a manager, a coach, somebody that's. Not going to be focused on calling the offensive plays or the defensive plays, but somebody's going to be focused on everything, every second of the game. Yeah. Competence. Competence. Yep. We need, need a little bit of competence. 
And it, so the the thing that was that I thought was interesting was when they when they didn't hire Greg Williams last year and they hired Freddie. Every everybody started kind of coming out of the woodwork about how they hated Greg Williams. I think uh, Denarius Randall said if they had hired Greg Williams, he was going to ask for a trade and and all that. And it's and so they wanted Freddie because they were buddy buddy with Freddie and. It, it turns out that the kids didn't know what they needed. Right. Which is often the case. Right. Right? They needed Greg Williams. And I, I think we right. talked about it before. Um, you know, he's not the asshole that you want, but he's the asshole that you need. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what you're talking about. You need a leader. You need somebody who's going to grab, grab them by the face mask when they're being an ass and tell them that they're being an ass and tell them how to fix it. Right. Like, like that, they didn't have that this year. I mean, they had, I mean, how many times did we see the players just cussing a coach up and down on the sideline? Like you can't have that. No. And or a game that they had to win. Um, I think, was it the Arizona game when they were told that, uh, they had to change shoes or they were going to be thrown out of the game? Denver. Because they, yeah. The, the Denver, Denver game. Because they, 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 you can't, you can't follow the uniform protocol. He literally garbage. had clown shoes on. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I'm, but I mean, that's garbage. That's something where you need somebody to say, hey, you cannot do this. I'm not going to let you go on the field. Well, that. and, and it, I mean, God, I don't know how many times we have to see this here uh, for it to stick that you can't have this. They had different rules for different players. How many, I'm, and, and didn't seem to be holding anybody accountable other than the guy who threatened to kill people on Twitter immediately <laughs> right. after the game. He was cut. Right. He was dealt with quickly. Right. Um, but like you go back through. That's the, right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about rem- that. It's hard to remember all this Holy stuff. Shit. It was such a shitty year. Um, you go back through. And I mean, it was the watch. I think week one. Yeah. It was the visor. Um, week two, it was the shoes. Um, it was telling people to come get him. Yeah. And and it's like we talked about it early on in the season. Like it's a distraction, and no one is telling him to stop. Yeah. So he has special rules. He can do whatever he wants to do. Um, it's just. And and the, you know the the same thing existed for other players, and you just you can't have that. That's where you need a leader. Right. You need competence. Right. You need someone who can manage all aspects. Like Freddie, just Freddie's good guy. All shucks. You know he was funny in interviews and and that in the early on press conferences. He got kind of sad towards the end. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. He really did. But uh, I mean, he he was just in over his head. And even with the OBJ thing, I mean, that's where you needed, like, Dorsey or somebody to come in and to say, okay, look, I fucked up. I shouldn't have got this guy. Let's trade him. You, you know, and try to get something of value for him before he becomes too big of a distraction and it's a lost season. And I, I don't know, you know, not being in the locker room, how big of a distraction he was. But from the outside looking in, there was a lot of shit. There was a lot of shit. And you asked the question earlier, what changed from the end of last year to this year? Well, Freddie Kitchens was still calling plays. Baker was still throwing the football. OBJ was one big change. Yeah. He was a big change. Yeah. Um, now, one firing we didn't see coming. Would I mean, could you imagine one year ago that we'd be sitting here saying that John Dorsey was out as the general manager? No. 
I, mean, I still can't believe it. I, I cannot believe it. I, I, I mean, he to me, no, no executive, no GM, no coach is going to be perfect. No. He had two black marks to me. Hiring Freddie and trading for Beckham. I think we're we're yeah. kind of the what you could say were more significant black marks. I and, don't, and the Beckham thing, you could even you, you could argue you could even argue it was the right decision. Yeah. I personally didn't like it because I didn't think they needed him. I thought they had yeah. enough talent. There's only one football. He's a guy that needs the football. Yep. Um, I didn't like it just because of that because they already had Chubb, they had Landry, they had what's his name, the young guy who before he got Callaway, cut, yeah, Callaway, yep. you know, people thought might be good. They had the other guy from last year that barely played it all this Higgins. year, Hollywood. Yeah, they had uh, Ninjoku coming back, so I just thought I, I didn't know that they necessarily needed Hunt? him. Well, yeah, Hunt after he got uh, you know after his suspension was up, so I didn't think that they needed him. But at the same time, you could also make the other argument that yeah, he's a unique player and you need playmakers to win in the NFL, and he's a playmaker, so. That one wasn't I, as bad. No, the but only I, thing in hindsight that he did terribly wrong was hire kitchens. And I don't think that that was. I don't think that he should have. I don't think that that's something that you can't come back from. Right, I like, agree. He could have come back from that, but you know, chances are it was probably an ego thing. Now they wanted to like strip him of his of his power and what I heard like they wanted him to to be more of like a a pro per, or a, a VP of personnel or something like that and he didn't want to do that. Um, I don't who who even understands these executive roles I, anyway. I, I mean every team has 30 different Clearly VPs, not the Browns. Right and they're all you know who knows. Yeah, so they like was he in charge of the accounting department? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Marketing? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Football operations. But like I don't know. Like I I just I I I I feel like this could end up biting us in the oh, ass. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely because will. There's it's no doubt that the guy can evaluate talent. Now maybe you have to restructure things and but I don't think you strip him of his and I mean, what has been the number one thing that the Browns have struggled with since they came back? Evaluating talent. Right? And so we finally get a guy that can do it, and he ruffles some feathers, and then we got to get rid of him. Yeah. So I, I, I'm still shocked that he's gone. I am too. And the other thing you need is you need continuity. At some point, you have to have some kind of continuity in the organization. And Dorsey seemed like the guy that was going to be right. you know, continuously there for the next five or ten years. And so by getting rid of him, you now well, – I mean, you're going to bring in a new coach. You're going to bring in a new front office. What happens when that happens? They're all – everybody's going to be reevaluated. They turn over the roster. Right. They turn over the roster. They turn over the scouting department who have different goals, different ideals, right. different types of players that they like. And you start again. Right. Like nobody's going to come in and look at the roster that Dorsey built and be okay with it. You know, they're going to want to change 20, 30, 40% of it. Yeah. So then we start again. Right. See, we've done this so many times that we know like what's going to happen. And so if it's McDaniels, which it's starting to look like it's McDaniels and all the things that I've read, 
are that he's going to want to bring in like a Nick, I think it's Nick Casario or there's some other Dave Gadget or Gadzits or something like that. Somebody from the Patriots to run personnel. So what do you, th- I mean, do you think they're going to come in and say, yeah, good roster? No, they're going <laughs> to, we're going to cut a bunch of people. We're going to trade people. We're going to draft a different type. So, so you're already, we had made progress and we're already then going to take more of a step back because they're going to want to build the roster the way that they want it. And it just, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. But in a few weeks, I'll be excited. I won't be excited till the draft. Yeah. Because, I mean, at least they had the 10th pick again. Back in the top 10, (laughs) baby. Back where we belong. (laughs) Last year was weird. It was weird. It was really weird. Back where we belong. What if they take Tua? What if Tua falls to 10 and they take Tua? I think anything's on the table. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They really need a tackle. I, I, yeah, um, I, but I, gosh, yeah, I mean, if if you've got two rated higher, I don't know. I'm not saying that they would. I think that that would, unless they were drafting Tua to then trade Tua for more compensation in the future. I don't know that I would do that. But yeah. I, I, in the NFL, in my opinion, and I've always said this: you draft the best player available because if you have a great left tackle, you don't know when his knee's going out. Yep. So if the best player available is a left tackle, draft the left tackle. Play him at right tackle until your other left tackle gets hurt. Yep. Or if you, your best five players on defense are five DBs, figure out a way to get all five of those guys on the field. And I mean, I think there were enough uh, red flags with Baker this year that that I I would say he's not nearly as solidified as the quarterback as I think we all thought. Like I, I, he's he needs to he needs to he needs to maybe knock the swagger down a couple of notches. Like still keep it, but hopefully he gets humbled a little bit. I mean to to come out and and say that he he just needs to work harder in the off season. What? Like that's unbelievable. Like yeah. so, what were you doing? Like it's just it's. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully it motivates him. If he comes back and he, if it doesn't motivate him, and he still has that um, that cockiness, then I don't know. Like he, he, we saw it again, twenty eighteen. We saw it. We know what we saw. We saw throwing guys open. We saw back shoulder throws. Um, we 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 just saw an efficient running offense, and this year we saw none of it. Supposedly top end talent at wide receiver could not get open. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he needs the he needs to lay off the commercials and the endorsements and mix in a few a few throwing sessions. Yeah, because you said it. You had a great line during the playoffs. You said um, Baker's been everywhere these playoffs except the field, and he really <laughs> right. I mean, every commercial break. There's yeah. a Baker. There's a commercial. progressive commercial, or uh, the other one. Uh, he was on a Next Gen Stats powered yeah, by the, Amazon. The, the, I hadn't seen Amazon. that one. Yeah. That was nice. He had a cowboy hat on, and he was eating barbecue. So that yeah. was, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a, a play another player in the league more overexposed than him right now. But but he is good in those progressive commercials. I mean, oh, yeah. I get it. It's funny. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Like he lives in the stadium and yeah, he's having people tip, over, and tip, having toilet yeah, trouble, having and that like the the beeping of the smoke alarm. I have that like all the time, and I can't yeah. find it. And yeah, right. And I think that's great. And once. 
Peyton was 10 years, Peyton Manning was 10 years in his right. NFL career here because his commercials were awesome. Right. But I don't really remember a lot of commercials of him after his rookie year when they were, what, what were they? Weren't they 0-16 his rookie year? No, 1-15? Like, yeah, like 1-15 and he threw like 30 interceptions right. or something. Right. So, I mean, give yourself a decade in the league before you start to, to do all that. And I know it's money, right? But, I mean, seriously, it's yeah. he is a little overexposed. Yeah. All right, we're way over on Brown's time, um, but I uh, we got to talk about Kevin Love real quick. So, um, who could have seen this coming, Chris? <laughs> I mean, it's shocking, unless you're a listener of this podcast, because I have been beating this drum since they signed him, which made no sense. What What do we say when LeBron left? Burn the motherfucker down. And what do they do? They signed him to a ridiculous extension that he was more than happy to sign because nobody else was going to give him that much money. Oh, and now it's a problem because they suck. It's a problem for him because they suck, and it's a problem for the Cavs because they can't trade him (laughs) because he's so overpaid. Right. So, so, yeah, and, and I think he's got two more years. Is it two more? Yeah, two more years on the deal after this year. And so, what do you do? Uh, I mean, unless you, you're going to trade him but still pay part of his salary or, or something. Um, or do but, what they did with JR and tell him just don't show up. Yeah, just cut him. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I see his point as well when he signed. I'm, I'm, now, it's kind of his fault for believing that this was actually LeBron possible. LeBron was already gone, yeah. But, the, but, I mean, management was selling. No, no. We're we're competing for the playoffs this year. We're going to field a uh, a playoff uh, contender, and I mean they. I mean, come on. I mean, if they actually believe that, then they just they're idiots. Like they fired Tyron Lue like five games into the season. Right. Um. That was that was never in the cards. So I. I don't know. Like, his temper tantrums on the court the other night were interesting. They were hilarious. And, you know, he's right. He's playing with guys who don't pass the ball, and you have to learn to pass well in, in the NBA. But part of that is also on coaching as well. you got to coach the guys to pass. But his, his temper tantrums, I mean, they were just ludicrous. It was it was, like, it was. When he came out, when he came up from the block to the top of the key and screamed for right. the ball, he got the ball and just, just turned and swung it at somebody. Fired it. Two-hand, overhand. It, it was overhead almost pass. his way of saying, see, this is how you pass. Right. It was just like, oh, my God. That was like peak LeBron. That's something you do in rec league to a guy who – like at the <laughs> right. Y to a guy who never stops calling for the ball. You know, you play a pickup game with a guy who every time he touches it, shoots it, and when he doesn't have it, he's calling for it. That's something you do to him. Right. You don't, you don't do that when you're making $28 million a year in the professional league. Like it was – I mean, it was peak LeBron. Remember when LeBron was like – was uh, pouting and – uh, passive aggressively trying yeah. to get Kyrie to do what he wanted him to do. <laughs> yeah, and there was that game. I want to say it was it was it was around the holidays, and it was a zero assist game for Kyrie. And I think it was against Utah, Utah, Sacramento, something like that. And Are you talking about the one where he had like sixty and zero assists or fifty and zero assists? No, I don't remember how many points he okay. had, but I know he had zero assists. And LeBron stopped coming to the offensive end of the floor. And he would just go stand in the corner on the defensive end of the floor and rest because Kyrie wasn't passing. And it, the whole fit in or fit out thing, like it, it reminded yeah. me of LeBron and, and yeah. 
clearly Kevin learned at the feet of oh, the master. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I mean, a big sponsor of ours years ago was the LeBron James School of Leadership, and mm-hmm. then they started the Kyrie Irving um, undergraduate program. You know, the LeBron <laughs> right. program was a master's program, right. but the Kyrie was an And I think that now you've got the – I think they're going to be offering Kevin Love classes uh, this summer yeah. um, for interested students at the LeBron James School of Leadership. Maybe they the, maybe, maybe they open up a satellite the Kevin, campus. Kevin Love wing. Right, the a Kevin satellite Love campus Love. like in L.A. or in Portland or something. Um, kind of still underneath the LeBron James School of Leadership umbrella. Yeah. But Kevin Love's name on the building. Kevin Love Stark Campus. <laughs> right. Right. Kent Stark. <laughs> um, all right. So I have a uh, – I have a – something I, I, I need some advice on. So uh, for my dad's birthday – I may have already texted this to you. For my dad's birthday, um, we went to uh, what the hell is it called? A uh, hibachi, oh. hibachi, uh, hibachi restaurant. You know where they, yeah. they have the grill at the table and everybody kind of sits around and you order and they cook your food and they do like the onion volcano and yep. all that Choo-choo. shit. Right. <laughs> I hate that. I hate. I do not like that those restaurants. But my dad I loves do. it. I love them. My oh, dad loves it, and we go there every every year for his birthday. I love those. So, well, I'll take your dad out next year for his birthday. <laughs> that's fine. I love those places. Just sit. Swap a suburban dad <laughs> in for another. Nobody will ever know the difference. I think that food's great. Um. So so we're there. And uh, we're sitting down, you know, the lady comes around, takes the order, you know, and then they wheel out the cart with all the food on it. Well, you got steak or shrimp or scallops or whatever, all the, you know, the giant yeah, thing absolutely. of rice, all that, the whole thing. The 27 pounds of vegetables. Right, right. That shrinks down to like two pounds. <laughs> right. Um, then the cook comes out, the chef, the hibachi chef. And uh, it was a white guy. And I had to do a double take because the lights were dim, he, you know, darker hair. He did have, he had a mustache, which threw me off for a little bit. Looked up, looked down, looked back up, and I was like, "The fuck! I didn't come here for a white guy to cook my hibachi uh, Japan meal here. I want I want the full experience." Is that racist? Yeah. It, uh, is it? I don't know that it's wrong, but it's definitely <laughs> racist. Is it racist against can the I, white guy? Can I, can I, so it's racist against the white guy is what you're saying. Uh, I don't know if it's racist. It might be racist against Asians because you think that Asians should be cooking your food. Really? But can the white guy – I mean all they do is they heat up the stuff. They flip it over. They squirt a shitload of soy sauce or whatever that True. sauce is on it. Can it – can – does a person of a certain ethnicity cook that better than than another ethnicity? No, but I mean, it's really dinner and a show. Yeah, you're paying a little bit for the show. You know, is the way you know because they do the egg roll. Um, now, with they, that being said, I would say it's racist, but I would say I'd feel exactly the same way. Like I wouldn't get up and leave. I wouldn't throw things at the guy. Right. But I'd be like. Hmm, this is a little disappointing. <laughs> right, that's a that's that's how I felt. That's that's I, that's how I felt. Like I, I mean, I wasn't mad. He did a good job, and I mean, the food 
I mean, it tastes everything yeah, tastes like the, soy sauce. It doesn't right. really matter. And after the first twenty seconds, when they do the choo choo, right. saki saki, right. saki He did the saki saki. You want saki? You want saki? He, he did the he did the uh, onion volcano. He did uh, the egg roll. The egg he was throwing yeah. egg in our mouth. So after the first twenty All seconds, that, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's and, fine, but I mean, I'm sure I, the food I, tasted this I was initially initially disappointed. I'm surprised that that makes me racist. I don't know that it makes you racist, but it's definitely a racist thought. Yeah, in, in this PC world. Now, what would make you? I guess what would make you a racist is if you shouted some ethnic slurs at the white gentleman and maybe threw something at him and stormed out. I think maybe just having a double take is more of an expectation, I guess, maybe than a racist thought. But right, and I mean it's yeah. And next time, next year, when I get drugged there for birthday dinner, you know, it's not like. No, I'm going to make a special request or anything. <laughs> Can we not have the Caucasian gentleman again? Um, but I, I don't know. Like it, it would certainly, uh, it certainly caught me off guard. I think the text that I sent you and unemployed in Hudson was the only thing more disappointing than watching the Browns play football is showing up to a hibachi <laughs> restaurant and getting a white cook. <laughs> yeah, which is accurate. Yeah. but it did not. Other than that brief disappointment, yeah. the rest of the it all does the rest of the soy sauce because they just squirt all that sauce. Oh yeah, really, which no matter is what no matter makes what it delicious, but it's so unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, um, and the amount that you get. Oh, I love like it. It's great. I'm sure because yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a whole meal for the next day. Yeah, you get like two or three meals out of it. Yeah, with the noodles and everything. Well, oh, so there you have it. Starting the new year as a racist. Apparently. I don't know that you're a racist. I don't want to be a racist. That, I think that that is probably in our maybe I had a, a racist. Maybe thought. I had a racist expectation. Um, but again, it's not. I wasn't thinking of the the Asian cook in a bad way. No. Uh, I, I enjoy that as part of the what you go to the restaurant for. Um, okay, so maybe racist is the wrong word. Maybe stereotypical. Yeah, uh, maybe that, no, that that could be. Yeah, you were you were right. participating in a stereotype. That that could be. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because racist does sound bad, and I don't necessarily know that it's a bad thing. Right. Um, that man, I don't know what the fuck do I. Yeah, well, let's let's. The stop. only thing I know let's is that, there before the only thing that I know is that trouble. this is being recorded. So at some point in time, if I ever run for president, I'm fucked because of this two minute conversation. <laughs> You're welcome. That's the only thing I know. You're welcome. All right. Um, did you find a day out of the pod? I did, but I forgot my computer, so I do not have it with me, and I wasn't able to find another one. Excellent, excellent planning as always. Well, it's our producer. Right, right, right. The guy, the producer. We are kind of haphazardly throwing this thing together because I did not – normally I have these, these scheduled out and uh, we have a little bit of little bit of advanced warning and uh, I kind of sprung this on Chris. So, Well, and it was my fault because I missed the last couple. When we tried to do it, I was sick. All right. So what we thought we would do is do a little what we're watching. Now um, – we're gonna we're gonna leave spoilers in here, and so we are. Like I don't want to have to dance around, um, particularly don't fuck with cats. Uh, so I what I was gonna what I wanted to talk about was don't fuck with cats and the Irishman. Okay, I've not seen the Irishman. Okay, so we won't necessarily have any spoilers there, but I'll give a few thoughts on the. Irishman. You want to talk about her? 
Did you did you watch it? I tried to get so so. There's a movie called Her oh, that Jeff, Jeff recommended. I tried watching it. I don't know six or nine months ago. I got ten minutes in, and it was, I, I in my opinion, very boring. So he was asking me the other day if I'd watched it yet, and I said no, not yet. Um, so I tried watching it again. I got another five or ten minutes in. I fell asleep. Then the next day, I was like, okay, I got to go back to. This. I got another five or ten minutes in, and he starts like having some like cheeky laughter with with Scarlett Johansson on there like and I was like what the fuck is going on and then I turned on turned it off and started playing a video game so I've tried three times I just haven't been able to get get going on but I'll keep trying even if it takes me 20 different sessions at five minutes each I'll watch it listen as a titan of industry and as a suburban dad I know that your schedule is jam-packed <laughs> right but it's a fucking hour and a half I watch it for on, me. I watch it on one of my cross country <laughs> flights. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I will watch it. It's no, just every time no, I watch it, I get five minutes no, into it, and I'm like, oh no, my gosh, no, don't. No, I want to no, watch it. No, just because I watch what you recommend to me, <laughs> even if it's not something that I'm necessarily into, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so, so The Irishman, are you going to watch it? At some point, I probably will, but that's another one. It's like three hours it's long. It's three and a half hours and long. And I'm just like, ah, Longest movie I think I've ever watched yeah. in my life. And, and I'm, not, I'm one of those people that, to me, a movie is, um, a, movie is a meal. And I finished the meal in one sitting. I couldn't finish this meal in one sitting. I had to split it up, which I hate doing because I, I just that's not the way I like to yeah. to consume the movie. I'm the same way. Um, but I, three and a half hours long, and it didn't need to be that long. And that that's what mm. I heard from a lot of people, and so I know that it's going to be kind of like another movie that I've recently tried to watch that I'm not able to get through. I have a feeling it's going to be the same way oh, where right. I keep I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, oh, my God. And so if it was like a Marvel movie, like Iron Man oh, was in it or yeah. Spider-Man was in it, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd get through it. But I just... So it's, so it's, it's good. It's worth watching. Plus, I don't love like you know. You talk to a lot of people, and their five favorite movies of all time are like The Godfather's, Goodfellas, and right. Heat or something. You know, like they yeah. all love the gangs. I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of The Godfather. I think The Godfather's are a little slow, to be honest. See, I'm a huge. Never watched The Sopranos. I'm a huge gangster movie guy, and so <laughs> shocking, I know. Um, but they, this was I. I and I don't know if this could have lived up to the hype because it was getting hyped so much um, just because Pacino and Pesci and uh, De Niro were in it. Um, and so um, it's worth watching. Definitely you can kind of section it off. I think the biggest – somebody told me before I watched it, like the the weirdest thing was that all these guys are in like their mid 70s and they were doing a lot of the most of the movie is flashback when they're younger and so they did like this digital imaging um to make them younger but they still move like a 75 year old <laughs> and so there's like a scene where robert de niro's beating the shit out of some guy but he's supposed to be in his 30s but he's kicking him like he's in his 70s <laughs> now it didn't bother me as much as i've heard that it bothered other people um, it was more just it was really slow, now, but it, the story was interesting because it kind of in, in, entangles like Kennedy, 
with Hoffa, with the mob. Oh, really? That I didn't know any of that. <clears throat> and so it's interesting. It's worth watching for that reason. Um, but uh, not – I mean, my my bar for Scorsese is The Departed, which is one of my – it's probably in the top two. It's, it's The Departed and Pulp Fiction is like my two favorite movies. And um, which I may have some some issues, given the amount of people that get shot in the head in those two <laughs> movies. Um, but but not nearly as good as like The Departed or Goodfellas. I didn't think. Um, but worth watching. Well, that's all right. My two favorite movies are probably like Dumb and Dumber and Bruno or Borat <laughs> or something. So. So all right. So now we're going to talk about Don't Fuck with Cats. Yeah. So if you have not seen Don't Fuck with Cats, then stop right now. Watch Don't Fuck With Cats and then come back to the 40 minute and 40 second uh, mark of the podcast and then finish it out. This will be the last thing we talk about it so is, don't feel like you're missing anything. It's on or, Netflix for those of you right. that don't know. It's, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Chris told me about it so I will let him uh, kick it off. Just give an overview of the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically it's about this guy in Canada who's a little bit nutty, wants to be famous, isn't able to get famous through becoming an actor or becoming a model. So he puts something out online that is a little bit graphic and um, – I, I mean should I say what he does? He basically puts out a video online of himself killing a cat, but his face isn't in the video. So he posts this video, and this is a true story, by the way. This is a documentary. So he posts this video online, and then there's this subgroup of people who see this video, and they're like, oh, my God, we got to catch this guy. So, you, so then you get this whole group of, like, internet vigilantes who are, like, going to, going to figure out who this guy is in this video so that the police can go and arrest him. And then essentially that's kind of where the documentary starts, and it kind of follows these people who are – uh, kind of tracking this guy over the internet and it and it kind of catches up eventually with this guy once they find out who it is and it starts telling a little bit of his story and what he's doing and what he's up to but it's um these people are tracking this guy on the internet for like a year and a half or two years i mean it's not like and it was impressive yeah the it's not like he posts the video right. and a week later they catch him i mean these people were and eventually he put out more videos and more videos and more videos and every time he put out a video these people would kind of like rekindle their interest and it what was it it was about over two years from yeah. the time he released the first video to the time he got caught yeah it was about two years and so it was just a it was a story that i'd heard nothing about it just popped up on my queue on netflix and i was like holy shit i started watching it and i was like this is unbelievable it's yeah. captivating it was it was chris told me about it and it's it's three episodes long and so i, I watched it the first video like I was, I'm, I think I was watching it while I was running on the treadmill, and I, I had to jump off the treadmill because I was worried they were going to actually show it. Right. And and yeah, I'm I like, I, I'm not into seeing that kind no, of stuff. Me like, neither. like I, I was preparing to like shut the lid real of my laptop real quick because that's not like seeing stuff. Like I'm not a hunter. I'm not interested yeah, in killing things. That. Like I don't. I don't and, and then like the, the one, the, so, so he came out with three videos of killing cats. One of them, he fed it to like this Burmese python or something, yeah. which was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like he, like one of them, I think he drowned, yeah, he which drowned that's kind of yeah. normal. The other one, he suffocated it. Yeah. Suffocated it with a vacuum. Yeah. And then, um, 
Yeah, the the other one with the, the with the python. It's like, oh my god! But you're right. Every time when they were just about to show the video, I was, I was like, no. And, yeah. and I mean, they don't show the actual videos, but seeing like the 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 pr- the, the pre the lead up to lead, it, yeah, was bad enough. Yeah. Like I'm like, god, how could you, how could you do it? But I after I finished, I texted you and said, I'm scared to death to go on the internet. And I'm even more scared for my kids to be on the internet. Yeah. Because this shit was just out there. Yeah. Like, I thought you had to go to the dark web if you wanted to see somebody getting murdered and dismembered. Like, if, if I thought there was a whole nother section of the internet for that sort of activity. If you wanted to hire a hitman, if you wanted, uh, you know, if you wanted to, to kill somebody or watch somebody being killed or drugs or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that it was just there. And, like, you could just... Just yeah. pull it up. Um, I read an interesting article the other day um, a- after watching that, and I'd read a similar article a year or two ago, but about the the content moderators on like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Oh, I've read that. And, yeah. and there was a new one published maybe people. like a month ago. Yeah, but uh, um, they're basically like young people who get paid, you know, kind of close to minimum wage. Uh, for a while, a lot of the the things were offshore. They were they were sending the content moderation offshore, but recently they've been bringing them back to America because of the the translation. Some of the things get lost in translation, but some of the shit that they see, and I mean, some of those people they go through PTSD because they spend their day watching, you know, beheadings and just fucking nutty shit. I can't imagine. Yeah, I. Yeah. But so and then so back to this don't fuck with cats. So then at the end it takes another turn too. It's not like mm-hmm. it starts fucking with cats and then it takes another turn. But it's it was just it was captivating. I'd never heard a thing about it. Apparently it was a huge story in Canada. Yeah. But I'd never heard a thing about it. And I'm watching this thing and I like I can't turn it off. I mean it was yeah. just like I'd like I've watched all like four hours or whatever it was kind of in a row. I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. That one that one woman, like that lead the kind of the lead the lead body the lady who's talking through yeah, most of the yeah. body moving or whatever. Body moving. <laughs> <laughs> but like she was really good. Yeah. Like she was interesting to, to listen to and um yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was fascinating. It was the same thing. It's like how did I never hear about this? Yeah. Like this is just fascinating. Um The guy was just Incredible. There was a one part where after he had committed, uh, there's a murder in it. So after he had committed, that's, that's the yeah. part I didn't want to yeah. spoil. He he actually <laughs> graduates from cats to people, yeah. and basically they say that on his like they, they're talking about that when the first video comes out. And they're like, "This is a guy who's gonna if you don't catch him, he's going to graduate to human beings." This is how serial killers start. Yeah, and and there's that part where like after the the murder. He had gone out of his apartment building and that CCTV camera had caught him. And then he walks back in. He's wearing the person that he killed's T-shirt. And he catches a glimpse of himself in the mirror and he stops and, like, looks at himself and, like, fixes his hair. At that moment, I'm like, oh, my God, this is just like American Psycho. Remember? I love the movie American Psycho. And... Like 20 minutes later in the documentary, they start comparing him to that character yeah. in American Psycho because yeah. it was it was very much like that. He was very vain. Yeah. Um, uh, just the attention, like he kept he he kept leaving little cookies for the people because he like he knew that the people the investigators were trying to find him, and he liked the attention and yeah. he kept leaving little cookies for them to find him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. That, that that part though was just like holy shit he's uh, Christian Bale and yeah. American Psycho yeah um, but yeah that guy's wow 
and and the whole well not to talk too much about it but then like a year before he finally kills somebody he makes up like a story about some guy because and he kind of goes with this uh, with this alibi for a year it's just fucking crazy yeah and then and then the whole time he was just reenacting basic instinct and and yeah that that was that was nuts but um but anyway that's don't fuck yeah, with cats. So watch that. Watch that's that awesome. on Netflix. I watched The Witcher. Eh, it was all right. It was it was worth watching, but it wasn't. Is that Superman? Uh, Superman's yeah. Superman's yeah. The Witcher. Yeah. Not actual Superman. Yeah. The guy who plays Superman. Is yeah. Him. Yeah. There's some good nudity in it. Other than oh. that. Well. Um, La di da. Yeah. I mean, it's an okay story. Yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was worth watching, but okay. I don't know that I'll watch it again. If season two comes out, I'll watch season two. But I don't know that I'll ever watch season one again. You're not kicking it out of bed, but you're not necessarily kicking it into bed no, either. No. All right. Well, we'll probably be back here at some point to uh, go over our official uh, reaction to Josh McDaniels becoming the new head coach. Indeed. So, uh, Chris's college roommate, as I always <laughs> like to refer to him as. Um, but until next time. Uh oh. Hold on. Oh boy. Our producer hold on. Up again. Hold on. Hold on. Till next time, I'm Jeff. Can you kill it for a couple seconds? You asked me to do earlier. Oh, for God. Like, honestly. All right, hold on. Where's the producer? All right. Hey, Jeff, how's yeah. it going? Yeah, I got you covered. Oh, my God. That scared me when I came on. That scared me. In honor of the official end of Jason Kipnis. And his career with the Indians. Poor guy. A little bit of sexy music to ride us on out.